Welcome. I'm Paul Bishop, your host for this installment of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are bonus downloads where my co-host Richard Prosh or I get to hang around the virtual Six Gun Justice podcast water cooler, talking with friends and fellow writers who are also fans of the Western genre. With me today is Carol Krigger. I've recently discovered and devoured Herb's six-book China Bahannon series, starting with One Foot on the Edge, her most recent novel in the series, Six Dancing Damsels, written as by C.K. Krigger, was published in June. Carol is a two-time Spur Award finalist, first in 2007 and then again in 2009. However, not satisfied with the runner-up position, her book, The Woman Who Built a Bridge, won the 2019 Spur Award for Best Novel, presented by the Western Writers of America. The sequel, The Woman Who Killed Marvin Hamill, was recently released by Wolfpack Publishing in July. Hello, friend. Hello. It's nice to be here. I have so much to talk to you about, Carol, but what I want to start with is being raised in North Idaho on the Coeur d'Alene Indian Reservation. What uh-huh. a great background for a Western writer. How did that come about? Way back when, when the Homestead Act opened the reservation to white settlers, my folks didn't get there quite that early, but soon my dad arrived on the reservation with his family. My dad was 18 when they got run out of Montana because of the bad weather and the bad soil, and a lot of people went broke. When he got to the reservation, he rented some land from the Indians, cleared the land with two horses, and started his own farm. Wow. What was growing up on the reservation like? The town I'm from was about 250 people. So you can kind of imagine, when I graduated from high school, there were 12 in my class, and that was a huge class. There were three in the year before and three in the year after I graduated. So how I became a writer, I don't know (laughs) to this day, but that's what I always wanted to do. The writing bug had to bite you at some point. It did. When did you consciously feel there's something that's driving me to write? I think I was about eight years old. I couldn't wait to go to school to learn to read. That was just the most wonderful thing, to be able to read. And my folks both read Western, all the old Ernest Haycox, all of those. And that was my first reading material. So I guess I came by writing Western naturally. My first stories were the time travel series, but they always seemed to turn out to be kind of Western. My gunsmith series is actually a lady gunsmith who gets cast into the history of the guns she's working on. So I just started writing westerns. I thought I might as well go for it. So it was a natural progression from reading Ernest Haycock, Luke Short, Louis L'Amour, I would assume, to constructing your own western world. Yes. My dad was a very Western character. He was a farmer, but he also raised cattle, and we had quarter horses. That was the biggest deal (laughs) when I was a kid, the horses. So, yeah, it just was kind of a natural progression. You said you started at eight years old with this bug to write. That's when you recognized it. Yes. But at some point, you had to make a decision, I think I can do this professionally. When did that come about, and what were the first steps that you took? It was many years later. I always fiddled around with it, but never got very far. My first novel was like 40 pages, so you can imagine. 
I finally learned you have to flesh the characters out. You just can't be quite so abrupt as I was. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) I was working full time and it was a thing that I just had to do. I finally decided it was now or never. And so I took a few little classes, no real college classes in it. Hmm. (laughs) But I found that the only way to really learn to write was to write. So I started with some short stories. Actually, those were mostly science fiction. But after I got a couple of rejections that told me it was a good story and well-written, but that it just changed the villains to the Navajo, (laughs) I'd have a Western. So I decided, well, why don't I just write Western then, since that was what I really knew. And there I went. They told me to write what you know, and that lasted about 15 minutes. (laughs) Because you think you know stuff about what you do, and then you try to start writing about it, and you go, well, wait, how do we do this? How did we do that? Yes. (laughs) You realize you don't know as much as you think you did. (laughs) Right. Yeah. How did you go about building a career as a professional writer? Was this something that you consciously did, or did you just keep writing and keep submitting to publishers? My first books were published in audio. You may have heard of Books in Motion. Gary Challender was my first publisher in audio. And I decided if they were good enough for Books in Motion, I might as well try to get them with paper publisher. Of course, they first went with ebook and then into print. And either I kept getting better and better or (laughs) they just gave up and decided, well, shut this woman up. (laughs) So they published me. And you have since then written how many books? It's either 27 or 28 published. Wow, that's fantastic. (laughs) Your themes are about how women in the West adapt because it was very different for women than it was for men. Yes. When you start out to create a character like China Bohannon, how do you go about placing her in that situation where she has to face that prejudice against women, that thinking that they're not strong, that they can't do the job? with getting that character to show that they have the stamina and have the right stuff? I guess she's persistent. She's smart. She's feisty. A lot of people don't like that word, feisty, but that's pretty much what she is. She's stubborn, and she is a little bit of a know-it-all. Her stepmother was going to kill her, so she went to Spokane to live with her uncle, who took her in, and gave her a job but she was supposed to be the pretty face of their detective agency. And of course, that bored her. She felt she could do more. So she took over doing these little things on the sly. And she figured she knew better than a corrupt police department who didn't tend to their business in solving murders. With China Bahannon solving murders and the whole mystery element of that Western series, because it is a Western series. In 2019, you also released Hometown Homicide, which is a whole different area for you. Yes, contemporary mystery. You have a former soldier who is a combat trained paramedic, but she's back home from Afghanistan. She's missing half of her right foot. There's a plate in her head and she suffers from PTSD. So you've already put a lot of boulders in front of this person to overcome. Yeah. Where did that character come from? I invented her. (laughs) (laughs) Out of whole cloth? Out of whole cloth. (laughs) I just liked her. 
The idea intrigued me, and paramedics intrigue me. I think they do such wonderful jobs, such a great service. I was intrigued by the idea, and I thought that she was in a position to run into these dangerous situations. The first on the scene, quite often, of what would be homicides. And she can see things being first on the scene that when they're later reported and they're different, she goes, wait a minute, that wasn't the way the scene was. (laughs) Yeah. And since she's friends with a resident deputy, why they can discuss these things. And she had to go to her hometown, which is hopefully fairly well hidden that that's my hometown, by the way. (laughs) It's not hidden anymore. (laughs) There's two books in that series, and I would love to do more. I have the first chapter of another one written. I don't know if I'll ever get it finished. I have so many books to write, I don't know if I'll live long enough to do it. When you're talking about your characters, you do the same thing that I do. Talk about them like they're real people, because (laughs) they are real people as far as we're concerned. They are, yeah. I live with them. I know them well. I have conversations with them in my head. They talk back to me. You know, they say the wonderful thing about a writer's job is you get to spend all day in your pajamas playing with your imaginary friends. (laughs) Well, not my pajamas, but (laughs) yes, otherwise. Do they drive you to write the next book about them? Yes. They'll tell me they've got more to say. They've got more to do. And then sometimes I'm done with a character. The Gunsmith series has five books, and one of my fans says that's her favorite character of all the books I've written. And she tells me I need to write another one, but I think I'm done. And I find that when I'm having difficulty with a chapter, it's generally because the character is not cooperating with me and is trying to tell me this isn't right, I need to go down another path. And if I back off, even if I lose a 1,000 or 2,000 words, I have to go back and follow the instincts of the character. Yes, indeed. I'll get blocked off, and sometimes I'll get a 100 words written in a whole day that I've just suffered over because it's just not right. And yes, you have to make the change. And you have to wait for them to tell you what it is that you're supposed to be doing with them. Yes. Your books have a very strong historical background. How do you choose what to put in and what to leave out in order to avoid the dreaded info dump? I am not a historian. I'm not even terribly interested in the big men of history. I like the little people. I like the people like my father's family and my mother's family also, who came here from Germany and had a terrible time before World War I because of the prejudice against the Germans that built up to World War I. Everyday people and the work they did. So the history is definitely background more than being in your face. You use the history to progress the story rather than telling us about the history. Yes, yes. It's more of a background, a setting, a place. Now you've written time travel, you've written westerns, you've written contemporary mysteries. You're now about to take another step further into a new genre with your upcoming book, Hereafter. Yes. Is this uh, urban fantasy? Where do you see this book landing genre-wise? Because it still looks like a western. Yes, and I think it's my favorite book to have written. I'll tell you this, it's got one of my favorite covers on it. Yeah, I love that cover. It's wonderful. 
I will tell the artist because she's a friend of mine. She will be glad to hear that. She's done some tremendous work for Wolfpack. But this was a really tough cover because of capturing the essence of the story. Yes. I think she did just a terrific job. I think so, too. I am very appreciative. But it's kind of hard to find a genre for it because it's magic, science fiction. And yes, it is sort of a Western, too. And yet it's contemporary. She's a border patrol fighting the drug dealers that come in over the Canadian border. And it has a fun dog in it, too. I usually have a dog in my stories. And the ones in this one are Corellian bear dogs, which they're beautiful dogs. They're kind of interesting, too. And I think people who have their own pets appreciate those characters in their stories as well, because we get bonded to our pets. Oh, yes. I try never to let them do anything, though, that a dog wouldn't actually do. I don't make them bigger than they are. They're companions. And in a funny sort of way, I put my cat into the book I'm writing right now. (laughs) I just took a notion for it. I decided, oh, this seems interesting to me. So I let it percolate and the characters came to me. So I put my cat in it, too. You have written a lot of books, and you have developed quite a sales presence with Wolfpack. So you must be developing fans. Do you interact with them at all? Very rarely. I am not a good promotion person, unfortunately. I wish I were. I've been told I'm too humble, but it's very hard for me to promote. I suppose if I did, I would hear from people who like my books. There must be some of them out there anyway. Where do you see yourself five years from now with your writing? Well, as long as I remain whole and in my mind, I hope I'll still be able to write. And I thoroughly expect to be doing that. I can't imagine what I would do if I didn't. Tell me what book you read growing up that had a big influence on you. The Kenneth Robert books of American history had the biggest influence on me, I think. After the Westerns, I read almost exclusively historical novels, and Kenneth Roberts was my absolute favorite. In one of them, an author has writer's block, and this woman tells him, you sit down and you write one sentence, and then you write another sentence, and another one after that, and then a paragraph and a page, and that's how you write a book. (laughs) That's actually quite good advice. Sometimes we overthink it. Yes, I live by that advice. So, yes. Thank you, Carol, for being with me here today and sharing about your books and about yourself. It's really good to get to know you. And I am looking forward to the next China Bahannon novel, and I'm hoping that you have big success with Hereafter. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the Six Gun Justice website at www.sixgunjustice.com for information on prior Six Gun Justice conversations, Six Gun Justice speed listens, and full-length episodes of the Six Gun Justice podcast, along with regularly updated book reviews, articles, and interviews covering all aspects of the Western genre. Until next time, be kind to others, be kind to yourself, and make sure your chaps don't chafe. Adios. We're out of here. Let's ride.